Welcome to Destinations. I could not be more excited. I am Deborah Howell. She is my co-host, Karina Glastris, and our beautiful guest is Gerund Hurdall. Welcome, Gerund. Thank you. The reason I'm excited is because um, this guy's done kind of a lot for your young years. Film director, video director, he's known for every when, for Clown, and Harry Potter, and Grindelwald's Demise. What, what was your part in that? <laughs> well, that, was, that was a fan fiction film. Yeah. Uh, so I love Harry Potter. And when it ended, I was so sad. And I was like 14, 15 at the time. So we decided to just kind of make our own take on it. And that was that. That was a big deal when I was 16, 15 or whatever it was now. Then uh, the Harry Potter page shared it on Facebook. I was like the biggest moment of my life. Not so big, though, because something you did recently got over 150 million views. Tell us about that. Yeah, no, there's just like I've made a lot of music videos over the years and, and they kind of accumulate, right? Um, and so we just did a video for Steve Aoki in Vegas. Oh, yeah. And uh, one with Alan Walker in Miami and another one for Justin Roberts that had um, Jordan Woods in it. Oh. And they all kind of rack up after a while. Yeah, so you're slumming. I guess I am. <laughs> <laughs> not an interesting guest at all. Not an yeah. interesting young guy. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Nothing, Nothing to see. <laughs> Where are you going to take us today? Today, I'm going to take you to my home country, actually. Because uh, I've been traveling a lot for work. But now that I live here, I travel home a lot. Okay, and, and home is? You know, Norway. Yes! And it's interesting because you... Um, you move away from home and then suddenly you're on vacation home, you know? Yeah. And so I figured, where do I travel that is exotic and strange that I know kind of all the nooks and crannies of? And that'll be normal. That's what it's all about on Destinations. Kind of our goal is just to get people's eyes to open to new places. And maybe I've never thought about that place, but I really want to go do that there. And something they might not have thought about before. So take us into your home. All right. So um, the place I want to take you is this little cafe called Mercury Cafe. Mm. In Norwegian, we call it Mercury Cafe, so without the Y. But it's this little bar where they switch out the wine and the sake every week. And what's special about the bar is that it looks like a living room. So you go into this bar and this little bar and you order what you want. And then when you go further in, it feels like you're in somebody's home. Now, when you say order what you want, are you talking about drinks or are you talking about food? Drinks. Okay. <laughs> drinks indeed. Drinks. But very Norwegian kind of drinks. So that's what I want to know about. Yeah. They're not very fancy Los Angeles type of drinks. So what's a basic in Norway? I'm Swedish by background and French, but by background, we're supposed to be modest as Nordics. Yes. So we don't do like big, huge pineapple filled with umbrella kind of drinks. Oh, no. No. You get uh, a tiny glass with uh, the thing you ordered. End of story. <laughs> they don't put anything in it. It's just, <laughs> it's right on front street. That's very modest. I love that. Yeah. You know, as they said you know, to us when we were growing up, never ever do a solo, but sing in the choir. Oh. So that's good. Exactly. And, and what's really kind of stood out about this little bar and slash cafe kind of thing is Norway is a very cold country, just both in temperature and in kind of um, people. People tend to be pretty quiet and they don't socialize a lot. But when the summer comes around, Mm. everything just kind of takes off. It's like this communal thing that happens in all of Norway where everyone just wants to talk to everyone. I can kind of relate to that after 18 Minnesota winters. Yeah, it's It's pretty similar. It's like you're shot out of a cannon when spring comes around. Exactly. 
it's like you're hibernating and <laughs> suddenly you come out suddenly you know spring comes and everybody rolls up their sleeves <laughs> yes. and they're like we're alive no it's, it's really like that it's only 28 out but i'm wearing flip-flops exactly spf yeah so like it's pretty special but this bar really starts this weird atmosphere in there where everyone starts talking to each other because it feels like you're all guests in some house and so that coldness i haven't felt that in that place before what is Mercury named after? Is it just a cool name? or they um, okay. I actually don't know. I think it's just, you know, it's just a planet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's a special story tied to the place because it's where I met my girlfriend. Oh. I know. The and plot thickens. Yeah, the plot thickens indeed. And she still lives in Norway. And I, we kind of go back and forth to see each other. But I remember meeting her in that place. We've known each other a little bit before. But when you enter this place, you're just like, oh, like we're not at a bar right now. And it, it kind of it just changes yeah. how you interact. And we forgot to mention what town that's in. There's that is in Oslo, okay, <laughs> which is go. where I'm that, from. That would be pretty important, wouldn't yeah. it, to people? Yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> we should have taken. All of care. Norway. <laughs> just Google Mercury Bar Oslo. Very good. Oslo, Norway. What else is there to do in Oslo that we might not think of doing? Right. Well, the thing about Oslo is it's got a great art scene. Um, that's very like you said modest you know they don't put big posters everywhere they don't really talk about it so if you kind of know where to go then then you'll have this incredible experience because people really care and one of them is the Astor Fernley Museum on the docks in Norway and like I said earlier if you go during the summers everyone's outside so what you should do is you could go have a beer at the Astor Fernley Museum Mm -hmm. or a soda or whatever you'd like and then go see all the uh, all the art at that museum and then you can walk past the castle and then up to the bar we were talking about before which castle are you talking about the norwegian's king castle that's right and some people might not know that you still have a king in norway we do yeah we do he doesn't really have that much power he does yeah with this whole family and don't they have like mini castles all around the country they do yeah yeah and like uh, a lot of uh, king's farms yeah and you can visit them Oh, really? uh, which is also a wonderful thing to do. Yeah, I didn't know they were open to the public. That's they are. Yeah, interesting. there's yeah. soldiers all around in like those funny hats. They look like those uh, the English guards, you know, yeah. that guard the, the castle there. So the king doesn't really rule the land. He's more of a figurehead at this That's point. That's correct. Right? He's kind of like uh, an ambassador. Yeah. For in a way, you know. Okay. Does the yeah. public get access to him ever? Like, does he speak? Like, because his castle is in the middle of Oslo. Like, do you do people see him? Yeah, we do. Um, he visits a lot of schools to kind of inspire young people, and he he meets with a lot of foreign powers to kind of talk about what Norway represents. Nice. And then um, the Independence Day in Norway, which is May seventeenth, so that was just recently. They like the King's family all get out on this kind of porch and they wave to the public for like nice. a day. And <laughs> the whole so day. yeah, so you oh can walk past and like wave to him and he'll wave back. That's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, Norway's very interesting. Like, uh, he's a very interesting guy because we had that terror attack in Norway uh, years ago. But uh, his reaction was that everyone's welcome, everything's open. You know, in Norway, everything's okay. And so he he always responds with love, which I think is very inspiring, you know. Could we use a little bit more of that? Yeah. These days. Definitely. Yeah, I think we all can. Definitely. So we have the art scene now. If you are walking along these docks, would you see mostly modern art? Yes, it's mostly contemporary. They're moving the Monk Museum now because we have Edward Monk, the Scream picture, that's his. They are doing crazy things to keep themselves relevant in a very, very, very good way. 
you know, he's long gone, but they do these collaborations where if you visit his museum, you can see contemporary working museum, like artists that have kind of made their own versions or reactions to his paintings. Oh, really? And then they place them next to each other and very like once a month or maybe even more, they host these concerts with up-and-coming artists in their 20s, 30s that are kind of strange, but very, very good. Norwegian artists? Norwegian artists, yeah. Nice. And you can go for free and see all of this and interact with it. And it's kind of like a, it's a respected event. It's not something they do kind of like they have to. When that shows up, everyone wants to go. I'm guessing it's not Norwegian folk music. I'm guessing it's more like EDM. Oh, it's poppy, independent, kind of like strange music but it's definitely for kind of all ages it's more just uh, a very interesting way to keep him relevant so is this like once a month is this a summertime activity or a summertime concert series or is it all year round it goes all year round but like most things in norway it's more active during the summers Um, wow but that's something to look up as well for sure so you've taken us to the mercury bar you've taken Mm -hmm. us to the art scene along the docks what about sports what about people who are active and they want to go to the norway but they don't just want to do museums they want to get some exercise what would be some fun things in that country that they couldn't do in other countries right well you should go to the fjords especially this one place called the jotunheim which is where thor is from from the marvel (laughs) movies And it looks kind of like you're at an alien planet because you're walking through snow, but you're wearing shorts and a Mm t-shirt and you're looking down on one side and it's like turquoise waters there, like from the Caribbean. And then on the other side, it just kind of disappears into the clouds because it's so long down. And you can kind of like walk from cabin to cabin up there. And so you're just like days in the mountain. Everything is gone. Like you you can't, the nearest civilization is hours away. So it's funny when I came to America and people were like, Jaren, let's go for a hike. And we walked up this dirt hill (laughs) that had a path and like fences around it. Like concrete steps going up. Yeah. This isn't hiking. I know. Or we shot a music video in Yosemite where there were like roads into the woods. Fire roads. Yeah, and, and that really confused me. That took me a long time to get used to. So like if you to, to go hiking, you have to take a six-hour shuttle to get on another. Oh, yeah. No, but like, you know, if you go hiking, you're in the wild. You're in the wilderness. You're in nature. And nobody's going to say that anything's not allowed. If you fall down, like, that's on you. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what I'm used to. And what kind I of really wildlife could that. you encounter if you're walking or maybe even cross-country skiing some of these non-trails? Well, there's lots of moose and lots of uh, foxes, and we have... A few bears, lots of wolves. It's kind of like Canada, I think, in like terms of wildlife. Definitely have to watch your back, but it's nothing too dangerous. The mountain lions in LA are supposedly much worse. <laughs> Talk to my former cat. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's a whole other podcast. Tell us about what you might have with that single drink if the Mercury Bar were to serve food. A typical Norwegian dinner. Oh, Oh, interesting. So you see, Norway's been a very poor country for very, very long until we recently found oil. So our culture in terms of food is kind of lacking. Our typical Norwegian dinner is boiled salmon with boiled potatoes and boiled broccoli and maybe a butter sauce over it. It's pretty boring, straightforward, but you can do a lot with that. You know, Norwegians really cherish ingredients, really good ingredients, you know? Lingonberries. The fish. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we can have that. We're like a bunch of hunters in my family. Mm -hmm. And that kind of goes years and generations back. And so during Christmas time, we would have like moose stew. 
Wow. With mashed potatoes and what do you call them? Lingonberries? Lingonberries. Lingonberries, like a jam. Yeah, and that kind of breaks it up. Not strudel, but we'd call it krumkaka, cream cake. Yeah. For dessert. Oh, this is so interesting. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Do you have lefsa there as well? Yeah, we do. How yeah. do you make your lefsa in Norway? Oh, that is interesting. Well, the the sweet one? Or That's what I'm asking. Is it savory or sweet? Oh, you can have... I guess it, the more interesting answer to this question is every Christmas we eat essentially rotted fish. Yes. And Lutefisk. it's... Exactly. <laughs> and it is so disgusting yeah. that we make as many like extra dishes as we possibly can to drown out the taste of this fish. <laughs> Wait, rotten yeah. fish? He'll explain. It's really something. No, so you take a piece of fish and you put it in ash and it deteriorates. And whatever is left, you eat. So it's kind of like this jello-like substance. And it's wrapped, yeah, it's often wrapped in lard on top of it. Getting mm. more appetizing by the second. I know. But the thing, though, is like that I've never really been into that fish, but it's like tradition. Everybody eats it. Yeah. You get used to it. And then eventually you're just like, oh, it's that time of year. All right, let's go. But everything that comes with it is just so delicious. Back to the lefse. Yes. So in terms of the lefse thing, you can have this thing called rockfisk which is the same concept. It's a rotten fish that you put on, uh, what would you call it, like a potato tortilla almost? Yeah, it's you know? a raw crepe. Yes, exactly. And you put sour cream, some onions, and salt and pepper, and you eat it like that. And it sounds really disgusting, but I actually really like that one. Oh. Because it's a different kind of fish, and they kind of make it deteriorate in a different kind of way that doesn't make it so terrible. But yeah, that's it's definitely an acquired taste. Sounds pretty tasty when you when you add all the other stuff. Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. for the sweet ones, we used to have the lefse, which was like the crepe, and then we'd have butter and mm -hmm. sugar and cinnamon and nutmeg and something else I can't remember. Fold it up, warm it up, and ah, oh, divine. That, it's really good. Oh uh, yeah, we would just do sugar and butter. Mm, that was yeah. it. Yeah. Cinnamon does give it a little kick. Though. Oh, it really does. <laughs> but that's a Christmas thing. Yeah. You know, that's always kind of bugged my mind in um, in America. Like there's cinnamon all year round. You know, that's kind of like a very strange thing for me. Oh, you only keep it reserved for Christmas. Exactly, because we eat um, porridge. I guess you would call it. Okay. Yeah, around Christmas we eat this rice porridge thing with butter and cinnamon and sugar. With I don't know what you would call this. We drink this thing that's basically still soda. Do you know what this is? Soft. Still soda. Flat soda. Flat soda. That's Flat how you soda. say it. Okay. Or yeah, it tastes like that. It's like super sweet, mm -hmm. but like there's no bubbles there. And it's like strawberry flavored. Hey, you know, you got to keep your calorie count up because it gets mm -hmm. cold there and you burn off a lot of calories just staying warm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What would be a reason for somebody to go to Norway that you could think of saying that you have that really, you really can't find anywhere else? If it's the people, it's the culture, it's the landscape. Hmm. I think Norway is a, it's a very different place because it's so homogenous. Everyone thinks the same. Everyone dresses the same. Everyone eats the same. It's very similar. Even the housing is similar. Yeah, yeah. And we don't really have it like upper middle class, like nothing like that. Everyone is pretty much on the same spectrum. And even if you have more money, you don't really live that differently from the people who don't. So it's all very similar. And it creates kind of a community that's very strange to you if you come from a place where, you know, it's not like that at all. And so I think it would give you perspective because people don't really, what would you say? How do I say this in 
a nice way. People don't really care. If you think this or you think that, they'll happily discuss with you. And then that's that. Like, they won't take it much further. Uh, and so it's a pretty, like, a peaceful kind of place. And they really don't care what kind of car you drive. And they no. really don't care if you show off a big, huge diamond ring. And No. There's actually an unspoken law in Norway called Janteloven, which speaks of you, you're not supposed to stand out. Again, you're not supposed to sing a solo, just sing in the choir. You're never supposed to think you're better than anyone else. Right. And so being the underdog is always preferred. So if you show up in a Lamborghini, most people are going to roll their eyes. Nobody's really going to take a picture or think you're cool. Isn't that kind of refreshing? Absolutely. I mean, it sounds like the appeal is the culture of the people who, who want to show you, or rather not show you, kind of passively let you see the country for what it is as opposed to being flashy. No, very much so. Because it both stifles innovation mm -hmm. because you're not supposed to stand out, but it also creates an insane safety net. Yeah. So everyone's doing pretty okay. What brought you here? Oh, that's a big question, isn't it? Well, it's more that I've always kind of sought an escape. Mm -hmm. I've always kind of, my life has always been inwards. So I've thought a lot. And the movies I wanted to make weren't really fit for Europe, if you would say. And they're a little bigger, a little more commercial. And America thought the same way that I did. I guess I didn't really fit in. You couldn't blossom as much as you wanted to. Yeah, because I wanted to stand out. I wanted to do something else. I wanted to do, to break that cycle that everyone seemed to be in. And that was, you know, that was very much a me thing. And then I came to USC in LA. And what was your big break? Ooh, I made my first film when I was 16, which got worldwide distribution and made me supposedly Norway's youngest director of all time, which is very cool. It's really cool. What an honor. And that was really fun. He's pretty extraordinary. You're the Norwegian Damien Chazelle. Wow. I will take that, Deborah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Yeah. I'm going to put it in my one sheet. Youngest director ever to win, uh, you know, the big prize. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're going to start looking for your name, Jaren. You might even be tempted to sing a solo along the way. Oh, well, keep an eye out. Keep it keep it on your radar. Now, don't wear such a flashy tux to the <laughs> Awards, but just a note, your little Norwegian pin. On your if I did my job right, you won't even notice that I'm there. That's right. Oh, <laughs> We want to thank you so much for being our guest. For Karina Glastris and Gerard Herdahl, it's been a total pleasure. Thank you for having Thanks me. Thanks for having us.